Coming to you live from our respective apartments, it's the Survivor Know-It-Alls. And uh, here are the two guys who never expect excellence. It's Rob Cesarino and Steven Fishback. Steven, how are you this evening? I'm good. How, how, is, how are my audio levels, Rob? Your levels are wonderful, Steven. Your, your lighting is uh, impeccable. Your levels are wonderful. And uh, a pleasure to be here with you talking about second-guessing these uh, survivors. And we've got a lot to talk about this evening. Yeah, the pleasure was mine. It was, a, it was an exciting episode. You know, I, I, Matt Singh almost almost pulled it off. Their first challenge, uh, non-loss, you know, not even a victory, but a non-loss, and uh, they didn't. So I'm excited to see, you know, talk about one of the worst tribes in Survivor history. Talk about your same old crap. Four episodes of Survivor Philippines. Four trips to the Tribal Council for the Matt Singh tribe. It's just a, a, real, a real epic fail. On the part, and all they had to do was not come in last once. This yeah, is <laughs> all you have to um, come in second. Come and the crazy, there are two other tribes on this show, and none of them has even seen tribal council. Like that's that's it's just crazy. Like I don't know. I mean, you know, you talk about Oolong as the worst tribe in the history of Survivor, right? Like, uh, but Oolong won sometimes, and like I feel like to a certain degree, Matt saying. Because, like, Oolong, you know, had to win. Like, they actually had to beat Karor. Matt Singh just has to, like, as you said, not lose. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Really, what a disaster for Matt Singh. And also, I mean, if we're going to get into it, and we're going to be straight and honest here, we're not going to pull any punches. I want to ask you at this hour, Stephen Fishback, we're yeah. 20 minutes after the episode airs, about yeah. 9.20 on the East Coast. I want to know at this hour... Is Russell Swan the worst returning player of all time? Now, let me hear me out. I, I realize that I am also probably in this conversation, so I can go here. <laughs> yeah. Is Russell Swan the worst returning player of all time? Well, so obviously you have Tina Wesson, right? I mean, who as a returnee was voted off first. But the problem with that was that yeah. some attorney was always going to get – I mean, this is where your argument is, right? Like, in an all-star season, there's always going to be a returnee voted out first. Whereas in this season, yeah. um, uh oh, are you well, freezing? But here's the thing about uh, Tina, uh, as uh, your audio is cutting, cutting out a little bit uh, here for me. I don't know if it is for you guys in the chat room. But the problem here is for me with Tina, it was like Tina came back. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the, the, Oh, okay, Steven's on the move. Yeah, well, I, Steven's I, I, moving through the apartment. I don't, I don't, I'm out of video. I'm trying to get better internet, but now I've lost video entirely. Okay. Okay. All right. Are you? Are you? you can hear us? Oh, I can hear you guys. Yeah, you just, you just talk to me. Walk me through it. Okay. Right, why don't you go back and make that last point you just made? Uh, tell tell us about why uh, you say Tina was the worst returning. Well, the player. idea is that Tina, you know, was a returning player who was voted out. Uh, first in her in her second season, um, so the, like theoretically, right? You could say, well, she's the worst because she, you know, whatever skill set was perfect for her for her first season was was not for her second. But obviously, uh, you know, this is oh, and, and people are, are commenting fair play as well. Fair play too, you know, as, is a really good point. Although, uh, you know, not competing against uh, newbies, and that that's probably what makes Russell Swan the worst returning player, right? That, that's surely your point. Yeah, some extenuating circumstances with a couple of those people. Uh, with Tina, 
she's on a tribe where in Survivor All-Stars, people are saying, hey, let's get rid of the winners. They've already won. Tina, you know, I don't know what she could do right. there. Johnny Fairplay gets powerbombed by Danny Bonaducci <laughs> about two weeks before his game. Again, uh, you don't know what kind of meds he's right. on, uh, even when he's not on uh, getting the body slammed by Danny Bonaducci. Uh, when he's coming coming down from that, you don't know what that's like. Uh, Sugar playing against the team of all-time Survivor heroes. Uh, you know, no shame in no shame in that. But to be unceremoniously gotten rid of, even Russell Hans. Let's go back to Russell Hans, Survivor Redemption Island. His tribe threw his tribe threw the challenge like to get him out. Like they couldn't they couldn't lose him fast enough. You're right. But they said, we have to get rid of right. Russell. This tribe tried hard not to get rid of Russell. But doesn't that mean that Russell Swan is better than Russell Hans? Like, if, if Russell Hans is so ex-bad ex- that uh, his tribe is throwing a challenge to get rid of him, you know, like, surely that's better than the tribe who, like, begrudgingly must lose him. I just think in this case, it wasn't like Russell Swan's reputation preceded him. Right. It wasn't like, all right, no matter what, we're getting Russell Swan out. Right. He really had to, like, you know, steer into the, into the wall here to be voted out here after, you know, four weeks of this. He got a pretty unlucky draw with his tribe. And I just think that every week that was compounded more because, you know, the tribe just kept getting weaker and weaker. And, you know, you know very well and the... Uh, on a show, on, a, on, on the Survivor experience, you know, every person you have around camp makes camp life that much easier, right? Like, they're just, like, all of the work that you have to do just gets divided up. So a three-person tribe, like, that's hard, you know? Like, that's a lot of effort just to, like, just to keep your day-to-day tribe running. Um, I remember, yes. you know, I'm sure you experienced it on the, you know, in the, uh, in the Amazon when it's down to three. Like, everyone just has, like, a ton of work to, like, you know, get all the water and boy, cook all the rice. Yeah, and at least in the game, when it gets down to a tribe of three, you only have to do that for one day. Right. Uh, and when it gets down to two people, not that I would know what that's like, but at least they give yes. you breakfast. You don't even have yeah. to cook that day. Yeah, you have to cook the breakfast. Yeah, you have to make your own avocado. Yeah. Nobody's doing that for you. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Uh, so with Russell Swan, uh, after the loss in the challenge tonight, one of the more epic tirades that we've ever seen on Survivor. I mean, this was the Survivor equivalent of throwing, uh, you know, punching the Gatorade container in the dugout or basically like throwing all the bats onto the field. Russell Swan flips out, starts, uh, you know, throwing stuff and uh, speaking directly to God. But is this so bad? Like, clearly this is an extreme circumstance, right? Like, I, I, I mean, everyone's kind of rolling their eyes and laughing at Russell Swan. But I'm thinking like, Come on, this guy, this is like an incredibly extreme, like there's no more extreme test of, you know, every part of you than Survivor. I mean, probably the military, but like, you know, in, for most of us, there's no more extreme sort of, you know, test of your, of your will, your endurance, your like physical strength, you know, your social abilities. And then to, to like have it all come crumbling down on you, like, let's give the guy a break. He's freaking out. You know, wouldn't each and every one of us like, isn't it better for him to freak out than for him to like sit back passively and be like, well, bad luck for me. You know, like good for him. He cares about it. Mark Sanchez after every game. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely hear you yeah. uh, as you know, as a sports fan, you like to see this kind of like anger and frustration. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, you don't want to see guys lose. People uh, were not crazy about this from uh, Russell Swan. The thing about me on Russell Swan, though, is that it's not like he's put the team on his back and now is leading them and the rest of the team is letting him down. Right. Uh, it's, it's his performance, uh, while not a disaster, is costing the team in the challenge. Yeah, oh, no, no, no question. I mean, certainly last week and, like, this week to a lesser extent. I mean, he seemed to hold up this week, but, you know, then, then at the end was, uh, you know, gasping for breath and was just, like, lying on the mat. Like, Denise was, like, cradling him. Yeah, he could not pick his head up off the mat at the end of the challenge. So I don't know what he had to complain about yeah. uh, with anything. Uh, Matthew Wojcic says, do you think that Russell being elected the leader on day one of Samoa got to his head and led uh, to this whole mindset. Do you think that this was the only way Russell Swan knew how to play the game was as the leader of a group, and this is what cost him here? I can see that. I mean, I, I was I was thinking that too. That like he's so you know in in on the Galoo tribe, you know, everyone called him Chief, right? And like those guys still call Russell Swan Chief. You know, they still refer to him that way. Like when they like hang out socially. And so I think that like that's probably a lot of his survivor identity, right? Is like being the chief. So he goes back and he automatically just. Jumps right into that role. Does the Galoo tribe hang out much socially? Am I, oh. Are they having, like, mixers? And- they were, yeah, you, you haven't been invited to the Galoo mixers? They're crazy. Um, what would John Fincher be like at a Galoo mixer? Tell me, tell me, give me an impression of a... What, 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 dude. I've been to the Galoo mixer, okay? And they tried to get me to go, but... I would not ever go there again if I had to in my life. <laughs> and it's probably true that Fincher is, is less of a, less inclined to go to the Galoo mixers than other people. Um, I think for a while he's excited, but I think he's back in the good graces. Yeah. No, they were. I think so. Anyway, you know, I think getting their asses handed to them like they did uh, was uh, was hard for them. Yeah, that was very, that was very hard for them. Yeah. Uh, and what did you think about Russell's? Uh, explosion in that talking to Jeff and uh, talking to God at the same time, accidentally, uh, you know, who, you know, Lord, and it calls right. Jeff Probst Lord. Right. Uh, what did you, you make of that? That's a mistake we've all made, right? Like, I've prayed to Jeff Probst before. I mean, it's, you know, it's not, it's, it's an honest, you know, it's honest. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. Do you, so you think it's like, it's like out there. Like, I feel like, you know, he's, he's a, a spiritual man in a moment of spiritual duress. Like, you know, like let him, let him pray to whatever God he pleases. Yeah, that's fine. I don't have an issue with it. It was just a funny to see him explode, uh, and, you know, pray. Like, it's one thing to pr- pray, but that didn't seem like a prayer. Right. Uh, that was just like talking aloud to God. It was almost like breaking the fourth wall with God right. Right. in that, you know, you don't see many people like in everyday life, yeah. just sort of like in the middle of a podcast, like, you know, God, I, I just got to say, <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't happen often. Right. And so it's, it's just unusual to see. And, uh, you know, no, no, no issue with it. I mean, Russell Swan's entitled to do whatever he does. Uh, I hope that Russell Swan doesn't break in and start talking to God during our interview tomorrow. Uh, when I speak with Russell Swan, we can ask him all of these questions uh, on Rob is a podcast on Thursday. Yeah. G-Man wants to know, what's, what's the worst tribe? Oolong, Ravu, Maramu, or Matt Singh? Uh, now, Steven, you can refresh my memory. What is Ravu? I don't, was that the Fiji tribe? Was that the, like, the have-nots on Fiji? 
We got. We need to go to the. We need to, yeah. I, what's Mara, Mara? What's Mara Ahmed? We need to, oh, that's Boston Rob's original tribe on Survivor Marquesas. That one I know. That was pretty. Okay. okay. Uh, and Oolong obviously is. Uh, I don't remember. I mean, Rav, Ravu was. Uh, yeah, the have-nots. So Ravu was, you know, like, that was an unreasonable twist, right? To give one tribe food and shelter and the other tribe nothing. Like, who could have imagined that the tribe that got nothing would fall apart? Like, what exactly were they, like, thinking, you know, that the tribe that, like, got less, like, everyone is being deprived. The tribe that gets less is not somehow going to be, like, you know, come closer together for that. Um, I don't know. Did Mara, Mara, did Mara, they won something, though, didn't they? Like, I remember... They lost three immunities in a row to start the game. Right. Um, you know, Survivor is all about momentum. If you're losing, it makes it harder to win. You know, you get on these losing streaks, you get down, momentum is down. Uh, I mean, I think the answer is Oolong. That was the only tribe that ever got down to one person. Matt Singh is closing the gap. Yeah. But, you know, they're only two people now. It's like, oh, how, do you, how do they even compete? Didn't Oolong win a reward? Like, I feel like they, I mean, obviously it's not fair for... Uh... Matt saying because there's only one challenge, but I, I kind of remember Oolong winning like a reward or something. Is that possible? I'm sure you guys in the chat room know better than we do. I mean, we'll let's talk, let's stick to Survivor Philippines for now, and uh, we'll we'll sort settle when the dust settles. We'll figure out who's the worst tribe. Yeah. Uh, on the positive side of Matt saying, uh, how good is Denise? Uh, this was really an episode. Oh. Denise's kneecaps sucked galore. Uh, on this episode, but I have to say, I too came away very impressed uh, with Denise tonight. Well, so I have a question. I thought I actually thought Denise made a mistake, and like, let me let me pass this by you, okay? When when Denise sees Russell Swan looking for the idol, right? She starts to think, or she sees him doing something, and, and gets the suspicion that he has an idol. Um, and then her first action is to go and tell Malcolm about that. And I thought, like, you're telling Malcolm this and you're giving him the opportunity to capitalize on it when one of the three of you is going home. Whereas if she just, you know, kept that information to herself and then made an alliance with Russell Swan, like targeting Malcolm, then she's, you know, assured of not having to go home that night. Whereas by telling Malcolm, she's opening the door for Malcolm to do the same thing to her. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, I thought it was a bad idea just for the point of, Malcolm, if there was any sense of, hey, should I go Denise or should I go Russell? Right. If there's any doubt, if, he, if it's like a 50-50, it's like, well, I guess Russell could have the immunity idol. And if I go against Russell, he could play the idol and I could be going home. That could be my game over. I thought that was also a, a poor suggestion. So, yeah, I think that is, if we're going to put one mark on Denise's record tonight, that was a poor play uh, to tell Malcolm about the idol. Well, so what did she do that was so hot? Like, obviously, she's, like, very well-spoken. She's very socially astute. Everyone thinks very highly of her. But what are the things she actually did that were so great? Well, for one, in, a, in an immunity challenge with eight other men, she did hold her own. Uh, none of the other women in the game, right. I don't believe, could have been in that spot. And she was almost, almost as good as uh, some of the weaker men in the challenge. You would put her performance certainly on par with a Carter in that challenge. Uh, you saw some of the other men slipping up. So great job physically. She lost a lot of time for, uh, for Matt saying that. And I, I feel like it was almost underplayed, like how much she actually lost. Like they, she, they were well ahead of Calabod, and then, and then they only got, you know, barely, barely ahead of them. They only finished it. 
Fair enough. Really nitpicking the Denise challenge performance here. What was so good? I'm a Denise fan. I like Denise, but what did she do that was so good? Rating on. All right, and then number two, the when Russell Swan goes into the whole speech about how when I was a kid, I went to school and I was bullied, right. and then I beat and then I beat up the kid that bullied me, and then that she goes, she transitions from that speech right. to, hey, you know, I hear you. Why don't we vote out Malcolm? <laughs> Like, wow, that was, she earned her survivor stripes to me to go from segueing from that, like, open, I'm going to open my heart to you, and then you're going to set me up to be backstabbed. That was very impressive in my book. Yeah, that's pretty good, but, like, didn't Malcolm, like, who started this plan, right? Like, it was Malcolm's plan. I felt like, uh, you know, Denise is playing along with the plan that Malcolm came up with. You know, she's doing it very well, but isn't Malcolm also doing it very well? Both are good. Both are good. I'm just saying that that particularly impressed me. That was stone cold, uh, what Denise did, and that that impressed me. Uh, Rob has a bastard, wants to know. Uh, Rob and Stefan, have either of you ever been jumped? Well, let's... uh, Very, very infrequently. Yeah, yeah. Um, like my bones, my bones have been jumped. Is that the question? Oh. Yeah. We need to isolate that for the soundboard. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Luckily, in all serious, let's not make let's not make fun here, uh, Rob. You see why Rob does have a bastard. Uh, that was not not a very nice question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I was surprised, Stephen, during the tribal council. I know you uh, always like to pay attention to the editing here. Were you surprised that they showed us? Malcolm's vote and didn't show us Denise's vote when they showed the votes at Tribal Council? I, I just think it's fully because of who Russell Swan voted for. Like, Russ voted for Malcolm, so they have to show Malcolm voting for Russ. And then there's some ambiguity for the final vote of who goes home. Like, if they showed, like, Russ voting for Malcolm and then Denise voting for Russ, it would just be a little bit weird, you know? Like, I feel like the, the parody of it, like, in, from an editing perspective, sets it up a little bit better. But, I mean, it is to your point. I just... Oh, go ahead. I just felt like that there was a 0% chance that Denise was going to vote for Malcolm, and I thought there could have been like a 1% chance Malcolm could have voted for Denise. It definitely sets up Denise as like the decision maker, right? Like it makes her the swing vote, you know, like who, you know, is she or isn't she, which is obviously a very crucial role in Survivor. One I know that you you were certainly put into uh, during your season, and, uh, you know, I was as well. Who is it going to be? You know, which, which way are you going? So uh, it's, a, it's a good edit for, for Denise to lose, you know, to someone. Now, did you consciously try to be in that position, whether it was for strategy or for airtime on the show? Well, I, I think I, for me, I think it was just like it was like I did happen to have the most alliances with everyone else on my season. And also, I think I, I, I got it. Like producers would come to me and be like, hypothetically, if you were going to vote out Taj and I'd be like, yeah, of course. So if I was going to vote out Taj, here's why I would do that. Whereas I think, like, maybe some of the other idiots in my season, like, didn't, like, put that together. What, what, what about you? What was your rationale? I mean, there were times where I knew what I was going to do, and I, you know, left it a little more ambiguous uh, as far as what, what I was going to do to make a more exciting finished product on the show. Right. But there were other times where 
you know, I definitely was, you know, had a decision to make. But usually by the time you're getting ready to go to tribal council, you know, you knew. Right. Uh, but you could be a little bit more like, uh, tonight, one of these things is going to, I'm either going to do this or I'm going to do this. Yeah. Uh, you know, you kind of know in your head at that point. It, it's really just theater at that <laughs> at that point. You were very good at, at uh, you know, confessional theater. So, uh, you know, my hat's off to you. Oh, it's a it's a win win that the production likes it and it's fun and you know it's a fun thing to do as long it's all you know fun to be the decision maker not to have decisions made against you it wasn't any fun for Russell Swante I'll tell you that no no so did he like he said he was blindsided like for he clearly knew right like he knew and then like they kind of like bamboozled him right like uh yeah. That's got to be worse. I think he would have. He would have rather have just known it was him, and then they gave him like a glimmer of hope, uh, thinking, trying to get him to not play an idol that he didn't have. But for poor Russell Swan, really, just nothing went right. Even to not, he didn't even have the idol. Couldn't even find yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, but he, you know, I, I would have done the same thing if I were Denise or Malcolm, my niece, if I were my niece. <laughs> my niece? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, real quick, let's let's touch on those uh, other tribes. Uh, we didn't see a ton of them this week. Uh, Don Johnson, does Pete Bro have this game in the bag? Hashtag Pete Bro. Uh, what about Pete? Bro. Pete very high on himself. Yeah, he's high on himself. I like. Is it? Here's my question for you, Rob. You know, he had a good point. Pete, Pete Bro had a good point. Uh, I don't want other people playing their own games. I want them playing my game. But I kind of think if you're in, in charge, right? Like right now, Pete is in charge. He's got all the alliances. That it's dangerous in that position to be stirring stuff up. Like he wants things to be as calm as possible so that nobody, you know, no new alliances are made. Yeah, that's a fair point. Ideally, if you are playing, playing the game from the top position, you'd like to keep everything like very stable. Yeah. And if you're on the bottom of the alliance, you'd like to have a lot of chaos. And you sort of like, I want to upset the apple cart. I Yeah, I mean, how much more can you upset the RC versus Abi Maria uh, rivalry? I mean, I guess, it, I mean, he's gone, certainly gone to the Russell Hance school of Survivor, and we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, there's I guess there's only so much chaos you can cause before you could have some undue side effects. I, yeah, um, and I just think that, like, you know, for Russell at work, because he was always, like, you know, he always sort of, like, worked from, by undermining, but, but Pete has created a very traditional four-person alliance. Like, the only person, you know, and for, I think for him, it, there's a fear that, you know, Abby Maria, who's his, like, right-hand lady, is going to, like, explode and piss people off. You know, she could end up really fracturing an alliance just through her temper. Yeah, I could easily see a scenario where Abby Maria is so unstable and RC, say what you want about her. Uh, maybe she's a little overbearing in the tribe. I could easily see if she's aligned with Scoopin. I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to imagine them pulling Artis and Lisa over with them and voting out Abi Maria at some point. So to keep setting off Abi Maria at yeah. some point, they're going to want to shut her up, right? Yeah, I mean that's exactly my thought. You know, because she ends up always just looking the, the worst, and and uh, you know you. Tribe after tribe, it's the people, it's the, usually girls like her who end up uh, going home very early. It's like the sort of like hot-headed women who are like typically a tribe's first boot. Yeah, and RC doesn't make some people like, uh, well, hey, let's talk. Uh, what's, go what's going on? I don't understand. Why, why is it? Oh, you know what you did. I'm not talking. I'm out. That's it. 
<laughs> you know what's up. Uh, don't waste my time. Uh, Philip wants to know, Peter trying to be a younger Russell Hans causing chaos. Will that work for or against him? Well, I think that's what we're talking about right now, that it could, you know, it a little bit is is good, like the salt, like the salt in the rice, Stephen. You know, you want to put a little bit, but when you unscrew that cap and you pour the whole thing in there, you know, sometimes it's it's too much seasoning. And the real beneficiary is Lisa, Lisa, right? Like, she's the one. She's like the Siri in this scenario who's just, like, hanging back and letting the tribe get, you know, destroy itself. Hanging, hanging back. Uh, meanwhile, over at uh, Calabaw, we have a, a split now. It used to be everybody against Penner, but now Penner and Kent have sort of mended their fences, and now all of a sudden men versus women over at Calabaw. Um, yeah, is it, what, what is the deal with Carter? Like, what is going on with him? Like, he never seems to be, like, fully aware. <laughs> what, what are you implying? Yeah. I just think maybe he's found some, like, island herbage, you know, and, like, is, like, doing something with the, in the, in the, with the, the smoke from the fire. You think, you think uh, the uh, pots in the immunity challenge was not the, uh, his first encounter with pots on the island? Yeah, maybe he's getting it from production or something, you know? He just, like, can't go without it. Maybe it's medicinal, and it's in his med kit. Okay, uh, the loony one wants to know, so Carter finally got a confessional. Is he the new Fabio? He sounded like he could be the next Fabio. Oh, well, n- hey, I know Fabio. Let's <laughs> not, we, we, there, is, there will never be a next Fabio. There, there, there's no new Fabio. There's only one and original Fabio. Uh, Rob I wants just, to know, uh, where were you amazed Carter learned to talk this week? All right, well, why are we piling on Carter here out of, out of anybody? Out of this poor kid, you know? He's, like, clearly just, like, a good-natured kid, you know, out there to play the game and make his way to the end and do crunches. And, like, you know, he's, he's living life. Purple Carter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll see if we can get uh, more uh, from him. Now, Stephen, we had, uh, it was such a big uh, hit last week. Uh, our debate. Would would you like to have a uh, a quick uh, debate with us here to uh, start to wrap up the Survivor Know It Alls? I like the debate format. All right. Good. Uh, that, uh, that John Cochran is here. He's he he will officially ju- uh, judge our debate uh, once again. So uh, Jessica Frey, if if you would, could you give us a? Uh, do we have a question to debate here tonight, or if you'd like to submit a question uh, for Stephen and I to debate? Post it now uh, in the chat room. Let's take one more regular question. Oh, here. Oh, let's bring. We're bringing in John Cochran. Right. Just, just what every conversation needs. Yeah. Uh, or we're trying to. Oh no, that was a that was a false alarm. False, false, false alarm here. Hold on. Yeah, it doesn't seem like his camera is lit up and ready to go. Uh, let's, uh, Jessica. Let's take another question here while uh, we get a uh, while we're waiting for a debate question to come in. All right, do you think that the two dominant six-person tribes will try to get Malcolm and Denise uh, on their side uh, to get rid of each other? So, how about, is this like in a potential merge situation? What do you, what do you think? I, I mean, I definitely think so. It, it seems like there's a huge spoiler element here, right? Like that the, uh, you know, the yellow and the red are going to both be competing for Malcolm and Denise's, uh, you know, extra votes. Like, it's going to come to a face-off, and, like, they're going to be the... The pole position. They're going to be the straws that stir the drink. Right. 
So what do we think here, Stephen? Do we think that they are they going to split up Malcolm and Denise? Wouldn't it be just very easy for production to say, okay, Malcolm, you go to Calabaw, Denise, you go to uh, Tandang? Uh, I mean, why not at this point? Do we want to see that these two people get picked off? So you think that they? Do you think that's a plan they would have in place, or do you just think because like? It's, it's fair in terms of the tribe. I mean, it's not fair, right? Like, one tribe gets Malcolm and one tribe gets Denise. And as great as Denise is, like, there, there's, you know, Malcolm is, you know, one of the best, if not the best physical competitor in the game. So, like, no matter but, what. You know, not, like, unfair things happen. Let the two tribes flip a coin. The winner gets to pick who they want. The other person goes to the other tribe. I mean, I feel like at this point, it's, it's not fair to us to have, you know, three camps that we have to pay attention to and then one of the camps only has two people so there's 14 other people that we're really not seeing that much of because we have to go see what is camp life going to be like with malcolm and denise like don't we have this story down pat already oh man really hard people (laughs) gotta gotta, uh, not lose again i mean and then when we have the immunity challenge next week then so we're gonna six people play in the challenge and eight people are going to sit out. More people are going to sit out of the challenge and play in it. Yeah. You know, that's the rules. Those are the rules, Rob. Um, right. Yeah. I, I, I just wonder, yeah, no, no, I mean, you know, also Malcolm and Denise are both like, you know, they're both very, uh, they're good personalities. So I'm sure production would like to keep both of them around for as long as possible. I mean, not that they ever do. That's unfair. Well, all right, here we go. Uh, take two. Oh, oh, here he is. Yeah. You told me to unbutton my shirt, but I feel like this is too low, Stephen. Like you, you said, this is the proper number of buttons to be unbuttoned. The overhead angle, we're like seeing down your shirt right now. Like you, you, just, uh, yeah, uh, we don't want, you know, you don't want a nip slip. Right, yeah. On the internet, we appreciate. Uh, I think I think Rob's frozen for me again, but you're fine, Stephen. Yes, I'm not frozen. <laughs> so let's just have a one-on-one conversation now. No, you're both no, no, no. Let's vote at Rob, Doctor. All right. No. Uh, okay. That's Can you done. Yeah. Are we answering this question? Okay. I'm going to read uh, this. She tries to the same people two weeks in a row. Uh, well, where'd Rob go? The, the, the rule... Wait, did Rob just leave? He lost Rob. Yeah. <laughs> I... I uh, well, so right now the rule is it's in one episode cycle, right? I'm on top. Whoa. All right. <laughs> All right. All right, so are, are you guys gonna you guys gonna debate this? Is this are we having a, a fishback versus Cochrane debate here on Survivor? I'm not, even, I'm, not, I'm not especially passionate about this topic, is the thing. Well, that's the point of a debate is that you arbitrarily choose a side and then you argue it. Okay. No, no, Cochrane and Rob, tribe should not be able to sit out the same people two weeks in a row. The entire mechanic of Survivor is forcing your entire tribe to play and. Uh, be able to sit out two tribes like takes away all everything's frozen for me now oh my god this is ridiculous falling apart is this cock- i don't know if i'm still visible i'm gonna refresh if anyone can hear me all right this is the first cast to have uh i guess this is the uh, fish the first steven fishbacks podcast all right this is the first cast to have played the game after the hunger games and the game of thrones burst onto the scene cochran do you think either of these two have affected any of the players strategy Sorry, I just I just tuned back in because I had to refresh. This is the first cast to have played the game after Hunger Games. Cochran, please, can we somehow you know wipe him to the side? Yeah. Jesus, all right. so, is there, are we all good? Are we all good here? Yeah. Okay. 
Sorry, so I, I don't know what's going on here with Spreecast. Uh, so, uh, do you do you like this question? Have you already addressed this, Stephen? Uh, no, we, we were just reading it, and then Cochran needed it to be read to him like three or four times. Um, this is the first cast to have played the game <laughs> after the Hunger Games, and the Game of Thrones burst onto the scene. Do you think either of these two have affected any of the player's strategy? So, Cochran, what do you think? Do you think the Hunger Games have affected the strategy this season? Is anyone trying to kill anybody else? Um, God, a witty response to that. Let's see. Um, well, well, Russell's, you know, repeatedly killed his shot at winning the game, I guess. I feel like, uh, I don't know Hunger Games well enough to make any jokes. Um, how do we get rid of Cochran? How do I somehow <laughs> remove him from this? <laughs> yes! <laughs> All right. Uh, the answer is no. No, the Hunger Games nor the Game of Thrones have helped, uh, helped uh, you know, anybody's strategy this season. Um, we'll take some more questions from the audience. How will potentially losing uh, Jeff hurt Penner and Carter's game? Um, you know, I, I mean, obviously, in a, is, is, the, is the idea that Jeff is going to be the one who's medically evacuated uh, next, next episode? Um, you know, I, I think the challenge is obviously as soon as you draw the lines for gender, you need to make sure your gender is on top. And so losing someone from your gender is very hurtful. You know, so, so on token chains, you know, initially we made a guys alliance because there were four guys and four girls in my tribe. And we had Sandy as the odd person out because um, she was like a lunatic older lady. So it was going to be easy to get rid of a girl. And I think typically a, a, a gender centric alliance helps men early on, but ultimately like could help women a lot more as, as men become um, more, more of a threat in the game. Um, is that, does that answer this question? Um, next question. Do you think RC will, will wake up and make a new alliance? She seems to be doing nothing. I agree. RC has really become you know, completely paralyzed by the, uh, the lack of, you know, she, she loses her main ally, Abby, and she still keeps talking about it. You know, she still keeps saying, you know, it looks like Abby's not with me anymore. You know, she, not, she does need to scramble, and I think she's... Uh, been so confused by what's going on with Abby. You know, she was so locked into this one alliance she made that she doesn't have the wherewithal now to kind of scramble and make a new one. And, you know, I mean, we've, you know, everyone says it, that the number one, you know, that if you look at the DVD for Survivor All-Stars, you watch Rob Sesternino's pregame interview, he says the number one quality for Survivor is uh, adaptability. And, you know, I think that... Um, I think that, you know, RC is showing a lack of that. You know, she came in with a game plan, she executed on it, and then something switched. So she, she's, she's losing out. Like, next question. Penner and Kent seem to be genuine in their... Is Rob coming back, by the way? <laughs> Penner and Kent seem to be genuine in their deal. Could they be the survivor version of Chilltown? I don't know. I mean, I guess I saw this season of Big Brother. Uh, so, I, 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 you know, I guess Chilltown's like two douchey guys who are... Rob! Yay! Yeah. yeah. Are we the are we the podcast version of Chilltown? Yes, we're the the uh, the uh, survivor version of Chilltown. The people who did not uh, maybe maybe you and JT are the survivor version of Chilltown. Okay. Maybe that's uh, a bet a better example. Right. <laughs> no, no, and they're not. For the record, Chilltown are not douchey guys. That's just we're just jo joking around. I, I like those guys. Uh, yes. I let I let I let Doctor Will uh you know I I, have, I let his people uh remove Nicole's tattoo okay. so they they are good they are good people yes 
All right. So, uh, sorry about that. What happened? Did did Cochran, uh, did he break Spreecast? He did to your podcast, but he did the Survivor South Pacific. He just ruined it. Yeah, he showed he showed up and everything went to hell. Once we brought up, uh, all right, uh, Stephen, are you all questioned out? Are you ready for uh, one last question? No, let's do the debate. Okay, here we here we go. Uh, all right, so we have a debate. Uh, one one last debate question, real quick, before we wrap this up here tonight. Okay, here we here we go. Uh, Jessica Frey, what do you, what do you have for us? We have a, do we have a debate question left? If not, let me see. I mean, let me see. Maybe we possibly we may have we may have lost uh, Jessica along, along the way. Also, Cochran may have... ask a question. <laughs> we want to answer Cochran's well, I question. Bad. I kind of feel bad about having you know completely uh, uh, you know kicked him off the podcast as soon as you were gone. Yeah, why? Why did you do that? You know, he, he, we, I was trying to have a debate with him, and he just kept on being like, well, how, how can I be clever? And, you know, this is not about being clever. This is about being yeah. honest. No one here is clever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here's, here's Cochran's question. Here we go. Uh, Cochran wants to know, here we go. Did you think the reaction to Pete's idle clue planting scheme was unusual? It wasn't clear to me that anyone actually saw it. Although Lisa had a weirdly detached interview uh, about it. So let, let's talk about that a bit. I don't know if this is a debate question, but an interesting uh, subject. Did, one, did you feel like the plan worked well? Well, Rob, I definitely think the plan worked, right? Like, um, you know, in terms of like really antagonizing, uh, you know, building antagonism between Abby Maria and RC. I also think it probably did a good job of isolating RC from other people. You know, as soon as anyone sees any kind of idle shenanigans, you know, their, their hackles are going to be up. And I'm sure it made RC seem, you know, like an outcast to the rest of the tribe as well. Yeah, I guess so. But doesn't this, like, put, if RC is a savvy enough player, like, can't she sort of, like, if, on the one hand, if this just totally stymies her, uh, 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 and she has no nothing left, then yeah, she probably deserves to go home. But can't she say to Mike Scoopin, like, all right, let me come clean here. I, ha- I found the hidden immunity idol. Or the fi- I-, I found the hidden immunity idol clue. I showed it to RC. I haven't seen anything about it since then. She had the, the clue. I-, I have no idea how this clue ended up in my bag. This was not in my bag. She planted it. Mike, you can trust me. I'm being completely honest with you. I mean, can't this sort of, yeah, that does, that's, well, if you say that you had it, you know, couldn't this sort of circle back and screw over somebody else? I, I just think, like, no one is going to believe you in that situation, you know? Everyone assumes everyone else is lying, and especially about something like the idol. And so, you know, I think the the alternative is more likely that Mike will feel alienated from RC because he feels like she lied to him about something so powerful as the idol. Yeah. Uh, can I give one other, uh, one, one last thing about this? Uh, another one of the, uh, you know, if you're going to write a list of reality show uh, lying tells is when somebody accuses you of something and you, like when RC accused Pete of, uh, hey, you know, what's going on here? And he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about it. And she's like, yeah, you're lying. I know that you do. And he says, well, you can believe what you want, but I didn't have anything to do with it. because. 
when you're telling the truth to somebody and they don't be- and they don't believe you, your answer is not. You can believe. Hey, I'm telling the truth. You believe me? It's like, no, I swear to God, this is the truth. You have to believe me. I'm telling you something that's true, and you're not believing me. This is not a lie. Uh, I think that that's the correct response. I, I, not well. Hey, like he looks crazy, right? Like his goal. In theory, yes, but, like, his goal is to make R.C. look crazy, and, like, he has succeeded at that. And the more he engages with her, like, you know, then it becomes a, a Pete said, R.C. said scenario. Uh, Pete said, R.C. said. Okay. All right, well, Stephen Fishback, I know you got a column to write tonight. Uh, I know you got a fishy to award uh, very soon. Thank you uh, so much for, uh, you know, bearing with some of the uh, technical difficulties tonight. Yeah. We will not make them a habit. Yes. I didn't hear you. Oh, well, Stephen, great job as you as always. Oh, thank you very much. This was a lot of fun. I, I you know, I loved the technical difficulties. I know it's good to improvise. It's good to humiliate Cochran in a public forum. Um, so thank you guys for for that. Yeah, I thank I thank you. And uh, check out Stephen's blog tomorrow. Uh, and also be sure to uh, like Stephen Fishback's fan page on uh, Facebook. Lots of fun stuff going yeah, on. Do there. those do those things. Stay in the know. Talk to you. <laughs> All right, Stephen. Take care. I'm gonna let you kick me out. All right, I will. I, I will. Yeah. After last week's epic debacle of uh, the premature show ending. All right. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I again, I apologize about the uh, the uh, technical difficulties. I want these shows to go so well for you guys. We put a lot of effort into them, and you guys deserve to get a a good show. When you show up and, uh, you know, spend the 42 minutes here with us. So uh, I appreciate it. We will try to work out the kinks and figure out uh, what exactly went wrong. On, on that note, uh, if, you still, if you still like this show and think we are worthy of a podcast award for our achievements in 2012, go to podcastawards.com. You can nominate Rob Has a Podcast there for the best entertainment podcast of 2012. Actually, you can nominate all the podcasts you listen to there. But if you're going to nominate Rob Has a Podcast, do so in the entertainment category. Rob Has a Podcast, uh, please nominate us for Best Entertainment Podcast of the Year. The podcast awards are going to be decided uh, this upcoming January. And uh, it would be nice. Uh, We cannot be the greatest podcast to never win a podcast award if we are not nominated. So uh, help keep our streak alive. And, of course, our podcast is coming up with Yao Man. Uh, I'm going to actually record that tonight. So if you want to go ahead and ask questions for Yao Man, right after this show ends, I am going to post the thread on our Facebook fan page. If you're not a, a member of our Facebook fan page, go to robhasawebsite.com slash Facebook or on uh, Facebook, just search for Rob Has a Podcast. And, of course, uh, Halloween right around the corner. Whatever you need, uh, go to Amazon.com slash Halloween for uh, costumes, for candy, uh, anything anything spooky you need, decorations for your house, whatnot. Uh, you can get it all, Amazon.com slash Halloween. So uh, that being said, thank you so much, everybody. Sorry about the technical difficulties. Thank you, Stevie Fishback. Thank you, John Cochran. And thank you to Jessica Frey. We'll be back with you uh, tomorrow morning. Our next podcast, I will speak with Russell Swan, and then I'll post our podcast with Yao Man later on uh, in the day on Thursday. And one one last note uh, I want to give you guys an up, uh, upcoming show. 
this upcoming Tuesday on in, in play. Rob has a web show is out the window this week on uh, this upcoming Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. We're not going to talk about Amazing Race. We're not going to preview Survivor in that spot. Instead, on that show, we will bring you the return of Dan Geesling to Rob Has a Podcast. We will do an hour with Dan this upcoming Tuesday at 12 noon, 9 a.m. Eastern. We'll, we'll figure out a time to do the other stuff. Instead, we're going to do get Dan in that slot. We're going to do an Amazing Race podcast earlier. That's not going to be a live show. We'll, uh, we'll, get, we'll get our Survivor preview in there somewhere. But the Dan returns to Rob Has a Podcast on uh, this upcoming Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. All right? So that being said, have a great night, everybody. Quick turnaround for my next podcast. Talk to you guys later on. All the best.